are listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. It's kind of embarrassed. I just was looking for beer in the refrigerator, and there was something called a Mick Ultra Pure Gold in there. I think my future son-in-law left in there, and it's like, oh my God, this is awful. I'm embarrassed to be drinking it, but it's here in my hand. Brandon Jaggers. I thought it was a great idea that me and a couple of my roommates go to Golden Corral. I've never been there in my entire life. I've never been to a buffet. Well, I like Sizzler back when I was growing up. I thought it was a great thing. And me, CC brought us. I did a deep dive on Linda Ronstadt. The Auxiliary Gate. Big problem. Here it is, episode number 150 of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. We beat the Kentucky Derby to 150. How about that, Alan Schneider? I didn't realize that. Um, two Kentucky traditions that go way, way, way back or whatever. Time honored. Uh, the things we've all seen, um, amazing. But, yeah, we beat them to the punch. It's impressive, isn't it? Now, we made it to 150, but there's one trainer that will not make it to 150, and that's Bob Baffert. Uh, Bob Baffert has been excluded from next year's running. Uh, he's suspended at all Churchill Downs properties, I believe, through 2024. Do you have any opinion on that? I haven't heard anything about this. Tell me more. I, I, I was unaware of this fact. Apparently he did something bad a few years ago. Yeah, I, I obviously I'm joking. Allegedly, I, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, um, is it is it a point line where uh, the, the decision has to come in before you can quit using the word allegedly? Once the decision is made and proven, you can no longer use the word allegedly, right? So are we still did allegedly phase? Is it official? Did they officially know. disqualify Medina Spirit? Is it is that a done deal? I know Mandaloons. I think Mandaloons on the they post the Mandaloons name at Churchill. I quit following this stuff after a while. This stuff bores me. The way people on the uh, on Twitter just go on and on and on about it. I, I just don't have a strong opinion one way or another. Did Churchill ever go a little crazy? Probably. Is any remorse for Baffert? Not really. I just, I just, God, I just don't have the opinion that I don't have to have this automatic opinion about everything like other people do or whatever. I, I don't know if it's right, if it's wrong, whatever. It's, it's newsworthy. I'll say that, but do I really give a damn? Not really. How about you? Uh, I know two or three horses we can throw out next year for Derby 150. <laughs> True. Anything by Yak Teen, is that what you're saying? Right. Throw out anybody trained by Yak Teen. But it took uh it took four years to uh figure out Dancer's image, right? Yeah. Dan- I know Dancer's image was declared a winner at some point in that, that four year period and then he was eventually disqualified again or something similar to that. It was overturned by a judge. It took a while. I think if they declared it during the Reagan presidency, it was it took that long, uh, I believe. Yeah, but, that was. You know, uh, I guess I get. I'm if you know me, I'm more consumed with the day to day stuff of Kentucky racing. I don't really the whole national stuff. I don't pay as much attention to. I do enough to where I'm fairly literate in these things, but the whole Baffert Churchill saga, all this stuff, I got tired of like the first week. If they let them race, they let them race. If they don't, they don't. I mean, I, you know, other people have stronger opinions. I know people just live. When they're not betting seven days a week, they just want to have something to argue about on Twitter. I just don't have the strongest opinion about it. Maybe I should. I don't know. Again, I come back to the, these things all the time. There are a lot more important things going on in the world today than, you know, all the some of the silly things people just argue endlessly about on on Twitter about in horse racing. In my mind, I don't know how you feel about that. That's just the way I look at a lot of those things. I, well, I don't really the, enjoy getting into the arguments. One of those important things that's happening is uh, Ellis Park is reopening on Friday. That's important. Now that, like I was just that, mentioning, that's important to me. That may be the most important thing. Uh, this mm-hmm. is the, this has been a, a strange summer so far, but uh, Ellis officially opens its summer meet on Friday. Now we're going from four days a week, three days a week, and a uh, pretty decent card to kick off things on Friday. Uh, well, let me, let me, before you get started, now, you know, it's because it's not Churchill, so people know that was Churchill's Ellis meet. This is Ellis's Ellis meet, right? And you'll be able to tell it's Ellis's Ellis meet because you're going to see more 
Ellis type condition races, right? You see more like sixteen thousand dollar maiden claimers on a turf. You're gonna see more maiden turf sprints as we go along, right? You'll be able to tell more non-winners of two lifetime, cheaper cheaper races, maiden tens. You'll see more they'll still have good races. Uh but you'll see more of that type of race, correct? Another another clue is uh a maiden special weight goes from one thirty to seventy now. Yeah, that's a big clue. <laughs> For the horseman that's a big clue, yes. Yeah. You and I will still get six to one on the six to one bet. They're not going to get quite as much when they when they want to race, but it's still um, for the for what we're accustomed to back in years past. At this time of year, it's actually still pretty good pretty good money. Obviously, you know, inflation has not affected the wagering market at all. Two dollar wagers still cost two dollars. Yes, that's what they'll that's what have you believe. But uh, inflation has affected everything else on Earth. And in some regards, it has that too. But yes, I get your point. I just got a medium pizza last night for $20. Yeah, oh, yeah. We ought to do an inflation pot or whatever. I mean, but it, I mean, that would probably take forever in a day, right? I went to the Reds game the other day, and I got a uh, beer. I got a John Morland beer. I think it was $18, I think. Gosh. Well, I didn't, you know, my kids were at Taylor Swift, and my wife didn't drink it. I had a couple. And so I was like, eh. of course, I had some success uh, on the way when up it, there. One in Rome. Yeah, so a couple wasn't a big deal, but yeah, it's eighteen dollars for that. You know, it's just, it's, I mean, they think we're getting immune to it, and we don't understand. But yes, we 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 don't forget when it comes to our wallet, in addition to some other things. Correct? Uh, you got that right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm ready for some deflation, but uh, big big weekend in the sport. Indiana Derby up the road uh, on Saturday night, featuring Verifying, who was second at Ellis in the Matt Win. Stay in your lane is isn't in running in that right? Oh boy, that's uh, I don't know. I'd like to know the story behind that. That uh, that's if you don't know, that's the ten thousand dollar maiden claimer that finished fourth last time at Ellis. He's entered. There's a lot of absurdity going on behind this entry. You know, the horse does not belong. Obviously, shades of Rick's natural star in the Breeders' Cup turf back maybe nineteen ninety six, many years ago. Uh, look up that story, but mm-hmm. uh, then uh, on top of that, the horse is only thirty to one when he should be, really be thirty thousand to one. What? How many horses are in? I know, I know, verifying's in there a few others. How many horses are in the field? I don't have it in front of me. If you will give me a second, I can find out real quick though. But thirty, only thirty to one, right? I think there, the only there's a there's a handful. I mean, there's more than he he's not a thirty to one shot. No, that would be the definition of two thousand to one. What is? I mean, there's only six horses. Even then, still thirty to one's crazy. You're talking the same Ralph stuff from back in the day here in Turfway, uh, Turfway around here back in the two thousands, when every horse was ninety nine to one morning line. So there's nine horses in the race. Race Kane is in there ten to one. Uh, verifying eight to five. Hayes Strike is thirty three to one. Caliostro eight to one. Stay in your lane thirty to one. Eddie Perez. I don't know who Tomas Medina is. Yeah, he's got a couple horses right here. So let me get this straight. You said Ray's Kane, the winner of the Withers, correct? Yes. Believe, and uh, horse ran fourth in the Matt win, I want to say, and a, and a decent eighth in the Kentucky Derby is merely one third the price of a horse who has not hit the board in a ten thousand dollar maiden claimer. Do we see anything wrong with that morning line at the moment? But then again, with notoriety, there'll be those cute people who want to just bet a few dollars on his horse because he'll get a little bit of publicity, right? So you will see his odds in the initial stages of the race be in that 18, 22 to 1 range or whatever when it's the worst underlay in history. And as the money pours in from around the country, he'll eventually drift up, but he probably still won't drift up past, what, 50, 60 to 1? And then when he should be 2,000 to 1, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, plus, that's the last leg of all the horizontals i'm sure there'll be several players out there that just hit the all button which is another reason why you should pay attention and not just just unconsciously play the all button right i mean please put some shred of um handicapping into it when you do that right right, right. some common sense what else uh, we got not, this weekend what that's a there? nice card indiana oaks is uh prior to that and uh it's uh, nice field. Uh, tax, the winner of Black, uh, Black Eyed Susan, and then Defining Purpose, the winner of the Ashland, a horse that you're fond of. Mm-hmm. I'm fond of Tax, too. Tax helped me on Black Eyed Susan Day. 
and then the uh, the distaff comes up sharp. Uh, just my just by my love, fifteen to one. Lovely princess Henrietta Topham. All right, go Jeff McCahey. A couple of horses that scratched out of Ella Stakes over the weekend shows up here. Sweet Danny girl. Yeah, it's uh, well, lovely princess. I think scratched too from Ellis on uh, on uh, Sunday closing mm-hmm. day. So, ah, uh, yeah, it's a good card. Good cards to spend Saturday evening watching. Then Prairie Meadows has some big races. They've got some full fields. Iowa Derby, I think, drew a field of fourteen, maybe. Wow. And, yeah, and the Cornhusker drew eight. I mean, that's that Saturday card is going to be good too. And then of course Belmont Derby, Belmont Oaks. Uh, big, big, big day of racing. Good day to veg out on the couch. What is your What is your been impression? I mean, it's kind of some obvious things, right? Of the Ellis racing thus far. Let's ignore the fact that it was Churchill and all that stuff. Just the racing itself. I mean, obviously we know about the inside speed, right, at, at Ellis, and it has been very prominent. But do you have any other takes? And I, and again, you know, I hate using the word takes, so I apologize for using that word. Any other thoughts on the Ellis racing thus far? Any angles? Any things you've seen? Too many scratches. Oh God, yeah. Oh, that's without a, question. Yeah, they'll they'll draw these nice juicy fields, and then several will scratch out. I assume there's just too many uh, too many uh, places to to mm-hmm. ship to within a few hours. I mean, you can go to Indiana, and you can go to Belterra, or Presque Isle, or, or Mountaineer. You can. There's all kinds of places you can ship to, and that's you know that's kind of ruined the product just a little bit, um, but. You know, outside of that, the speed bias has been kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. I think the claiming races have been really bad. Uh, it's just, the, you know, nobody's going to give up a, a decent horse because the, the purses are so so good elsewhere. Right. So it's, it, you know, it's 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 a little bit annoying right now. Uh, it, it's been okay from a mutual standpoint for me, but sometimes you have to separate whether things have been good for you financially, whether the races are interesting. And overall, I do believe the races are interesting there, and they have been. But as you said, the thing that and these both Brandon and Cece can tell you that I will text them, and, and with a little bit of frustration from time to time, what I – and this has been happening the last couple months here in Kentucky. I'll look at a card because I'm picky about my cards, and these guys can probably tell you that. And then you'll get a card that you think is a good card, and I've I've taught myself now to to pull back to pull the reins back where I think is a good card because eventually it seems like scratches will decimate it. They may not decimate all the races, but they'll decimate enough to where it's like son of a bitch. And then we'll end up with the three horse Florida Lee right or the five horse race that uh, fastest flight won the other day. The turf stakes uh, whose name I forget. We we have had a lot of that, and that's before even throwing rain, which can throw in another uh, curveball or whatever. So I won't lie. The short fields are something that really frustrates me. I've managed when I have played to do okay outside of that, but that's beside the point. Your wins, your losses, that's beside the point. It would be nice, and I understand there's a lot of other different factors at play, but the, the, the amount of scratches is, is is making it – there's a lot of people that complain about horse racing, all these different things. I've tuned a lot of that out. I, I have my own bubble, my own focus. The number of scratches, the shorter fields, would be the thing that keeps me from – um, betting more, betting more often could cause me to maybe not pay as much attention, right? That's that's a little frustrating. But I don't know if that's all Ellis Park's fault, to be honest with you. That's just kind of the nature of the beast at the time, right? There's a lot of opportunities right now. Yeah. That's, just, that's the problem. You can ship anywhere in the Midwest and, and race for a decent purse rather, yes. rather than getting your head beat in. So. And something we will see at Ellis here shortly is the fact that there'll be a more a higher proliferation of two-year-old dirt races. Now, the good thing about Ellis is they'll have two-year-old route turf races, but you'll see a, a proliferation of two-year-old dirt races. And, and you and I know a handful of trainers are going to win those, right? That's going to be Brad Cox, Steve Asmus, and uh, Brendan Walsh. It'd be a, there's a hand there'll be a, a, a handful of haves and a handful of have-nots. Uh, and like yeah. you may have nine-horse race and three of them can't win. It's going to be one of these six trainers that are going to win. That's What's going to happen a lot here back, coming up? Back in the day, I would fade Asmussen at Ellis yes. summertime because he, he ships his A team to Saratoga, and usually is you know he he would get his fair share, maybe not win at twenty five percent or thirty percent like he's been winning, but he would win maybe ten percent or twelve percent because he raced so many horses at Ellis, but he didn't have near the success that he does at Churchill. 
usually. Back, you know, in, in past meets. We'll see what happens this year, but. My God, he's on fire. Unbelievable. Well, you know, and keep, keep in mind, that's the Churchill meet. So, you know, he, 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 he's, he points towards the tail end of the Churchill meet. So this is what the tail end of the Churchill meet is. So his two year olds are ready. He's getting more time, but it's not just two year olds. He won other, other horses and such too, but uh, he's been mind. I think I saw him, he's won like 13 of his last 23 starts or something close to that. It's, it's, it's incredible. And they're, and they're paying good money too, right? I mean, it's not like they're all just simple chalk. Right. And right. then I would also add, you know, we all know that Tyler Gaffley on Luis Saez. Luis Saez, is, I think he's left now. And, of course, Saratoga's going to open up. But they've done extremely well. Tyler's been on fire the entire meet. So his size. But also, we've got to give a nod to Christian Torres, who's had a hell of a meet. Uh, Francisco Ariada. Um, those guys those guys may elevate their game a little bit more, get a few more wins once the top two leave town and stuff. Yeah. Of course, the mainstay. Yeah, the, Torres is going to be one of the leading riders, I'm certain. So. But, uh, okay, it's, uh, we've rambled enough. Yes. Uh, first we're going to bring on Brandon Jaggers, who's apparently just chomping at the bit to get on with us, and then, uh, our special guest. So give us a second, and we'll be right back. Hey, thank you, CC. Um, you know, around these parts, if you know anything about Kentucky horse racing, you know, this past Saturday was a big day to say the least in the career of local Kentucky training legend Greg Foley. And all of Team Foley, as they won not one, but two, two big stakes at Ellis Park this past weekend. One with the ever-growing legend that is Bango, who notched what feels like his 67th career win by now. I've lost count at this point. He's won so many. And there's the four-year-old Stitched, who knocked out the great two wise Dan at an incredible price of 46 to 1. All that happened in one day, folks. And it happened to Greg Foley and his uh, son, Travis Foley, who joins us. Here today for I want to say it's the third time uh, we've been blessed to have Travis on. So, uh, Travis, I guess the first question you would be is, um, well, number one, how are you doing? But secondly, have you you guys come off cloud nine yet long enough to even do this interview? <laughs> well, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, everything is very, very well with the Foley barn. And no is the answer to that. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, again, you guys have been doing this a long time. Everybody listening, I'm sure, knows how tough of a game it can be and uh it was a very very special day it was an emotional day it was uh i mean smiles hugs just it was just a feel-good day and those are the kind of the days that keep you getting up in the morning seven days a week yeah i was joking a minute ago, but it feels like Bengals won 67 races around here it really does uh but it's not it's only what is it, has he won 13 career races now? Is Thir- that right? 13, yes. 13 out of only like 32 or whatever. But it seems like he just rips them off like every three weeks when he's going good. And uh, off the top of your head, now I didn't because I think I know a little bit about the, the racing around here and stuff, but I had to go back and actually count. Do you know how many stakes races Bengals actually won? That was eight. Eight. That is, that is correct. And he's only six. And you can make the argument that at six years old, he's as good as he's ever been right now. Doesn't it seem that way? Or is it just he just seems to get in these zones? I do agree with you. I think this is as good as he's ever been. He's coming off, uh, I mean, buyer-wise, he ran a 99 at Ellis. He was coming off a couple of triple digits. The The biggest number of his life, actually, was when Gnight beat us the last start. But he's... I, mean, I thought we ran really, really well that day, just for second best that day. And he's he's really been on top of his game. And he's I winning at Ellis. I don't – he's a Churchill – he's the best he ever is at Churchill. I thought he ran really well at, at Ellis. I don't think that's his preferred place to be. Um, I kind of thought the race set up kind of gave him every chance to lose. And he just – he just does. I saw saw an article headline: Bango does what Bango does, and he just won. And that's yeah. kind of how I felt after the race. I think uh, everything set up for him to get beat that day, and he just kind of gutted his way to another win. And he's he's just been an awesome horse for for all of us. The last, I mean, again, he's six now. It's been seems like we've had him forever, and it just uh, just enjoy. Hopefully, we we keep riding the train because he's. He's just a big, I mean, he's built like a big middle linebacker. He's a tough, just good feeling, just man's man. And uh, he's just one of those horses that you 
you don't really ever have any issues with. He always eats. He's super, super sound horse and uh, just throws it down uh, pretty much every time you take him over there. You know, I start thinking about as we're talking. Of course, I've got some I've got some questions that I'll, that I'll write down, but then all the things that come come to my mind is, and I'll just veer off. But you mentioned the Churchill thing. A lot has made the Bengals won. I think he's won ten races at Churchill now, right? Which I think the record's eleven, correct? Yes. Okay, but so we all know the Churchill love. But I'm sitting here thinking he's won. I want to say he's won twice at Ellis. He's won on the synthetic at Turfway stakes it right I mean yeah there's this notion that he's a three. Churchill horse he's the best there but he runs anywhere right yeah and, and again there he ran twice in those stakes at fairgrounds he was second in both of them he ran I, I mean good races he just he just doesn't quite kick home it kind of anywhere else like he does at Churchill and you know depending on placement and all that kind of stuff he certainly is a high-end stake horse, but it's just, he's, he's almost unbeatable at Churchill. Yeah. And it's, uh, it just the way that he finishes at Churchill is a little bit different than anywhere else. He, I thought he ran really good races at fairgrounds. He just was, he can, I mean, just watching him from like the quarter pole home, he just didn't quite look like he does at Churchill. And it was just a good enough to, or wasn't quite good enough to get all the way home. You know, I'm sitting there thinking about it again. It's like, well, maybe part of the reason the fairgrounds, cause he runs into surveillance down there who loves fairgrounds he's the fairgrounds version of bango down there right if i'm not mistaken didn't surveillance get him a couple of times or yeah he did he beat us both times this year and i mean surveillance was in great form when you watch them run anywhere else they're not really even no. terrible um so it's just from a pride standpoint i didn't think he'd be be able to beat us down there he did the first time and i i i kind of thought it was fluky and then he came back and did it again and uh kudos to him for bringing it down there and a bangle ranch good races but it was just no homerism involved of course but i just think it's uh it's just not really he's just not quite the same there um when we mentioned all the eight states wins as we're as i'm going over this his resume which we all know his resume 1.3 million dollars at six years old there's gonna be a lot more money coming his way via uh, purse money but of those eight states, what stands out to me, and it, it, it bought, again, I follow this stuff. CC follows this stuff. Brandon follows You follow this stuff. None of them are graded. Why in the living hell aren't these races he's running at in Churchill graded? The Kelly's Landing, the Aristides, it's like I just had this foregone conclusion in my head that these races, all these sprint races they come up with, that they're graded, and they're not. And does it matter that much pocket-wise of the money that you get? No, but it'd be nice for a prestige thing. Isn't it shocking that – None of these races at Churchill are graded sprints. I actually, to tell you that, again, eight stakes at Church, I think he's won six at Church, or what are we talking, eight at Churchill. How, it just doesn't really make any sense. So we entered, one of those races we ran in um, at Fairgrounds was a grass race that came off. And Bango has zero turf earnings. But as I was reading the con- the conditions in the race, it was talking about how there was a preference to graded stake horses. Oh, shit. And so we did not get in the body of the race. So I called the racing secretary up griping about how they made a mistake because <laughs> there's no way in hell that we hadn't won a graded stake. And he sent me the form. And, and again, the Aristides always was, but it was. Yes. Uh, I didn't know that he'd never won a grade three either. It was. Uh, and then you, when you're looking at it, you're just like, I, same, same as you guys. I, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I think every one of those stakes at Churchill, they're all super, super salty races. I think any stake at Churchill Downs should be at grade three minimum. And you just go back and look at the horses that he's ran against, the horses he's beat. I mean, they're all crazy tough races. And the, the race Saturday was a, was a salty race. It's a, I, I don't, the only the only graded graded stake sprint wise at, at Churchill is the is the grade one seven eighths race on Derby Day, which Bango can't get seven eighths against grade one type horses. I think I do think he's a grade one horse going three quarters, maybe six and yes. a half. But um for him to not have had that opportunity and we're not huge shippers and just with the money at Churchill you see why we stay home, but it's uh it's just kind of an unfortunate thing for him. 
with the the group that owns him and just us, it's not a huge deal. Just with his family breeding, he's never going to be a big time stallion or anything like that. We're chasing that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, again, just for what he is, I I think he deserves that kind of stuff, and it's just kind of unfortunate. Yeah, because you know we're as you know Michelle Lovell fans here, Just Mike fans, right? And it's like, well, Just Mike does any great stakes with at Churchill. The, with the career he's had, and then Bengal doesn't have it. The more I think about it, it's actually starting to tick me off a little bit, Travis. <laughs> I'm thinking of it. And then Gunite, when you got beat by Gunite, Gunite's a grade one caliber horse. That was, that wasn't a graded stakes, was it, when he ran second at Gunite? I don't think. Well, Maybe no. And, I mean, even that race, you had Gunite. It was the it was Gunite, twist. and then it was the horse that beat Gunite in the, uh, was that the Dubai race? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sibelius is who that was. So yeah. it was, you know, you're talking two horses that just ran one, two in the, whatever that was, $2 million grade one race out there. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And we certainly fit and, uh, hopefully our day come. Um, that said, um, Tyler Gaffleon, uh, since you got, he fits him like a glove. He rides his, he rides the, hair off that horse doesn't he Tyler's great he loves that horse and I, the gunite race I couldn't hardly believe that we didn't get Tyler for that race but um, they kind of felt like they owed it to Steve and that's who rode gunite over in the uh in the race over in Dubai so that's kind of what happened there which I, I thought Johnny rode a fine race but it was you certainly feel better when your normal pilot's on Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one more thing about Bangle. We could talk about Bangle forever, but we I did mention a moment ago about the Churchill record, right? Uh, kind of a – even though the horse is on a roll, it's kind of unfortunate that, for a lot of different reasons why the Churchill moved to Ellis, but Bangle was getting ready to hit, break the Churchill record. For those who don't know, Bangle's won 10 times at Churchill. The record for most wins at Churchill, which has been around for – since the dawn of time, is 11 by any racehorse. Bangle's next win will – Will it tie it or break it, Travis? Will it tie it that or break will it? tie it. That will tie it. So he had his opportunity to get that 11th win. And there'll give me other, because the horse is in such great form. As long as he stays together, he's going to break that record. It's, the horse is just too good not to. But uh, it, it was kind of unfortunate that he didn't have the, to get that 11th win at church and go ahead and tie that uh, pretty esteemed record, right? Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, again, we're Louisville guys. Churchill is mm-hmm. home. We love Churchill Downs. I, I, am known for calling Bango Mr. Churchill Downs and the, nothing against the horses on that list but most of them are claimers starter fives or you know stuff like that where they just kind of had built-in races to win I mean he's he's really the only like real racehorse like high-end racehorse on that list and for him to have been able to done what he's done his career and again that Catching Gunite last time was tough. Just from a barn perspective, what the horse means to us, we would absolutely love to have that record. Um, and I've been lobbying with the Churchill guys that <clears throat> even if it comes with an asterisk, I think uh, the Ellis, the Churchill Downs meet at Ellis Park ought to, I agree. We ought to at least be on that, even if it has an asterisk next to it, because it's not his fault what happened. That's exactly right. And, and, you know, I'm sitting there thinking about that. It's like, well, Churchill's paying you the Churchill purse money that they would pay, right? They're not paying you the Ellis purse money. We can go on and on. It's like, yeah, I, I can, I'd make an argument for that asterisk. Uh, they listen to this. Maybe they can reconsider that. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people be in your corner. Now, I also do believe he's going to break the record on his own, but you make a good case for that. Oh, we hope so. And he's doing great. It's just, you never know how long they have, and especially with a horse like him where you have to run against stakes and you're running against the best of the best every time. It's a, it's just a really hard thing to do. It's a testament to our barn and a testament yes. to Bango for just being able to stay at the level that he's been on for, I mean, it seems like forever now. He's like one of those, seems like a 10-year senior that he just keeps keeps grinding it out and keeps showing up in these races, and he's he's just a really cool horse. And you know what, uh, you, you, you make a good point there is something that we shouldn't take for granted. When we see Bengals show up in the, in, in the past performances, like, well, the Bengals going to win or run second or run big. We should never take for granted how hard it is to win races, especially at that level, right? 
he's on a roll. He's been on a roll for a few years, but there's no guarantee. Winning races is tough. You live it. Your dad lives it. Your dad, your grandfather lived it. Winning races is nothing to take is nothing to take a take for granted, correct? Oh, it. Any win feels good. And again, when you're talking about stakes, that goes back to how they're not graded races at Churchill. Where Churchill's the to me the toughest place to win races in the country, much less the allowance and the stakes level competition. So it's the fact that he's been able to do what he's done is it's remarkable. And for him to kind of miss out on a, a live shot to win a race um, that would have tied an unbelievable record is uh, it's unfortunate. That's why I've been, I've been lobbying. We'll see how, see how I do with that. But uh, I, I can't think of a more deserving horse. If they can put Mandaloon up as a Kentucky Derby winner, right, then they can put your horse up with the, with the 11 twins. <laughs> that's just me, right? <laughs> Asterix does not bother me a little bit in this. No, it doesn't seem to bother putting Mandaloon up, and although I would put Mandaloon up there too. Before we get to the stitch portion of this interview, I guess I'll kick that to CC to let him have his say so, but, uh, I'm guessing he wants to ask you about this 46 to 1 bomb you guys brought home in the, in the grade two wise Dan CC. Is that correct? Yeah, before we get to stitch, uh, Reddy's Rocket holds the record. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna ask, I'll pose this to everybody. Who trained Reddy's Rocket? Holtus. Right. I'll I'll answer this for twenty if you want to ask me. I sure. Bob Holtus. No. It, it is, is a Holtus protege. Recent. Oh. It's more recent than that. Than Holtus. Go ahead, Travis. Mr. Glyshaw. Yes, that's correct. Was it really? Yeah. Wow. I, I remember the horse, but I don't remember Glashaw training him. He was a starter, starter five. Yeah. He was he, a starter horse. You know, you used to see that a lot back in the day. You see, you would see these type of horses just reel off wins one after another. Like just starter five. I remember, uh, Asmussen had one dice, dice dancer that was, or something like that was good around here a long time ago. But yeah. Norm Tim, Cash has one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. And Timmy will probably get mad at me, but I mean, they're just not comparable. No, really, it's you know, he had a great run and all that kind of stuff, but it's a it's a whole lot easier to keep a starter five running against fifteen claimers. You know, some of those horses just get good; they're unbeatable for six yes. months or whatever. Yeah, and um, he's just kind of a unique horse to be on that list running against the level that he's ran, ran against. Couldn't agree more. But now you got me thinking, CC. Churchill not run as many starter allowances anymore, do they? That's that's true. You, well, they, don't does. Many, they don't run they, very many nickel claimers anymore. Right. They don't run nickel claimers, so it's almost an impossible race to rig now. Yeah. Yeah. But Turfway still runs a bunch, and I don't think Ellis runs as much as they used to either, but Ellis doesn't run their bottom yeah. race as much as they did any, any, used to anyway, either. So I'll let you get back to that. So, well, anyway, Stitch won the Wise Dan grade two over the weekend and 46 to one. Take us through the first start of the year, the the where he was fifth in the prank. Excuse me, he was seventh in the Shaker Town, fifth in the opening verse, and then a a, a really a lackluster ninth in an allowance. What? Just take us through those races and what what made you decide to to tackle a grade two. So Nathan McCauley is owner breeder on Stitched, and he's a guy that I've known forever. Um, he was around when I went to UK, so we've been longtime friends. He's actually the first horse that I've ever had for him, and um, we got him in. And outside of his first couple races, which I don't know if you go back and look at his first ever race, it was. It was a dirt race at the fairgrounds, and he never never got a mention. was one of those you never saw him in the screen. <laughs> when I called him after that race, I was just like, this horse has done a lot right. Don't give up on him. It's He's got some talent. We just got to figure out what he wants to do. So then fast forward a couple months, we get him on the grass. He, he won, I think, a maiden 30 race into a starter race. And then it was just kind of onward and upward from there. He got hurt in the in the Kentucky Downs race, and then we had to lay him up over the winter. And I, so he won, he was undefeated going a mile as a three-year-old. So I was fairly confident that that's kind of what his lick was. He just has a really good turn of foot. 
um, especially running against two turn grass horses going a mile. He just kind of outquicked on top of the lane. So that was how we, in his comeback race, there was uh, kind of a wide open allowance race at Keeneland going a mile and eight. And our only other option was the Shaker Town. So it's kind of with what we had in front of us, we elected to go for the sprint. And I thought he ran a really good race. Um, he ended up, I think, seventh that day, but he only got beat three lengths or so. And he, it, 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 everything about it was was pretty positive, other than he didn't didn't win the race or anything like that. But he was, it looked live, just kind of wasn't exactly what he wanted to do. And then we took a shot uh, in that race, Derby Week, which I back to kind of that was a mile, what was that? Was that a mile or a mile and sixteenth? And I. I loved him going into that race. I thought he ran well, kind of had a so-so trip and ended up fifth, I believe. But it was, uh, it was a really tough race. It was, we kind of looked like we had a chance to win, kind of turned it for home. And there was, there was a couple monsters in that race, Derby week. And then when we ended up in the allowance race, the lackluster effort, you said, I, everything looked like that was kind of going to be kind of our coming out party. And uh, we had an inside post draw. He took some heat kind of early, and he just packed it in. It was one of those, just from a trainer's perspective, I liked everything about kind of the first two races. The third race, I thought we were sitting on go, and that was going to be kind of where we went back to where we wanted to be. And it just, I don't really have a, a real answer as to why we didn't fire that day. So we were all kind of head scratching, wondering if we were going to be the same horse that we thought he was going to be as a three-year-old coming off, coming off an injury. And um, I actually had the race in Indiana kind of penciled the 100,000er coming up this Saturday, actually, at Indiana. That was kind of what, where I wanted to go, just confidence builder wise, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, the, the racing office called us and kind of hustled us into that race, actually. And, um, when we went in, we entered and a day or two later, talked to Nathan. He liked the post draw. He had a very compelling argument as to, if we draw a line through the last race, we could get a cleaner trip. Um, I feel like we, we, and we already had ran well against a lot of the field. And um, that's just kind of what he wanted to do. And I, it made sense to me. And um, we took a shot, and the rest is history. How much credit do you give to Flavian Pratt? And tell us about how you picked up, or how he picked up that mount. Well, we, again, we were going to Indiana. So I had, uh, Marcelino was going to ride him at Indiana. So I just named Marcelino on him at the, at the Ellis spot, just not thinking we were going to go there. And uh, a couple of days later, Nathan called and Nathan has some California ties and he, he was wanting Flavian. And, um, when we touched base with Marcelino's connections, he, he wasn't really planning on coming. He was on, on vacation actually. So, um, it was kind of oh. easy, easy get for Flavian. And, uh, I thought he rode an absolutely unbelievable race. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's kind of what he does though. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was in stitch has proven that he doesn't need to be on the lead. He's one of those cool horses that if, there is no pace or nobody wants to go or something like that. He can, he can definitely go, but he's proven that he can sit off of it. And even in that race, we broke well. If, if you'd have had a jock that was trying to get to the lead and we were almost like we could have been on the lead in the shaker town. I mean, this, he's a fast horse if he wants to be, but he, he just has the ability to be able to sit off of it and, if you didn't know we were 46 to one, if you just go back and watch the race and you say we're seven to five, he looks like he's going to win that race the entire way around. There. I love the fact that just the way that he broke, he let him settle. We were in a great spot. Uh, it was everything about it was just very fortunate. And it was just our day. 
Okay, so there's a kind of an obvious spot, I would think, maybe for him to show up next time at Ellis, uh, one of those Kentucky Downs preview races. Is that is that on the uh, – if everything goes right, of course, is, is that uh, on the docket? That's a possibility. Um, there is the big big daddy at Kentucky Downs. Um, just kind of got to see how we come out of it, if we decide what everybody wants to do. Yeah, they've got that two million dollar mile race at KD, which is the. I think that's the kind of the end goal. So we'll see kind of where we are in between in between those two spots. But he he jumped up and he he's a horse that everybody's always loved. And again, if just like my my guy Nathan said, if you were able to look through all of his races. And could draw a line through the the one dud. He he's never really ever done anything wrong. So now Ellis Park opens, of course, Friday for its real summer meet. Uh, what do you guys do during the summer? Do you do you all stay at Churchill, or, or do you send a, a string to Ellis, or, or what's what's the plan? So my brother had a string of ten at Keeneland, and then when everything happened at Churchill, he moved to Ellis. So we've had 10 or so at Ellis kind of since that happened. So we'll, we'll keep that barn and we're, we pretty much use it just like as a receiving barn. So we shuttle kind of whatever's running that week down there. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of, we have our main, our main contingents at Churchill and then we just have the, at 10 or so at Ellis. So it's a, it's, it's working well for us. Kind of eliminates some of the highway miles. Do you all, uh, are you still involved in the claiming game at all? Or, or you kind of graduated from that? No, or we, I've got some guys that like claiming. I, I like claiming. It's just, uh, it just kind of depends. It's, uh, kind of a tough not, go right now, isn't it? It is, and we're not actively seeking. Um, but it's, yeah, we claim, I don't know, seven or eight a year, probably. Yeah. It is tough. They claim a lot. Um, I like to have some form of an angle horse I've seen before, or, uh, I mean, it's a, to me, like I wouldn't be searching at the moment just because the purse drop off between the Churchill meet to Ellis meet. So give me another six weeks. I'll be looking to claim something back when the money shoots back up again at Churchill. Mm-hmm. The, uh, phasic Tipton sale kind of kicks off the yearling sales next week. Do you, do you guys get involved in, in the yearling sales, or, you, or do, do you have other parties that, that that take care of that for you? We do most of our damage at the September Keeneland sale. We've got uh, we bought we bought three at that Timonium sale um, a couple months ago, and yeah, we're just kind of active all the time. Kind of depends on who's looking for what, but most of most of what we do is at the September Keeneland sale or Phasic Tipton. Who's the brains behind the picking the yearlings out? Is it you or your dad or your brother? Uh, mostly the boss. He's the, okay. He's usually the one kind of on the ground there for that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. Well. All right. Perfect. Uh, Brandon, wants you uh, you got any questions? First of all, for uh, for, for Travis. Yeah. I mean, I, first, congratulations. I, I I recently saw the the fifteen hundred win for the barn for your dad and the whole team. So that that's a big. Uh, it was Stitch, right? Stitch was the one, right? It, it was. How sweet is that? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, the same day. Uh, I'm a little upset. I didn't follow the horse, Stitch, uh, into that race. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I couldn't even – it was unbelievable. Just everything worked out. And, yeah, Flavoring gave such a great trip. I mean, I, I was thrilled to see it happen. What, uh, what do you guys have coming up, like, in Horizon when the Ellis Meet does start? Do you guys – have any other runners that our listeners should pay attention to? Another Bango. We actually do have another Bango. We've got his full brother that's probably six weeks from debut. Evan oh, Evan, Evan on Earth is is his name. He's um our babies. We're 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 not the April May baby guys. So he's he's kind of at the front of the crop of just has done everything right that um he he should be one to look for and 
six weeks or so. But uh, yeah, he's I like him quite a bit. He's a he's a full full brother, full brother to Bango. So that he he should be exciting. And our our baby crop in general should be. I I like a lot of them. It's again with our program. It's just we're more fall guys, so it's just a little too early to be able to kind of give you one. But uh, I'm kind of we're not going away anytime soon. <laughs> Good, good. Well, what about uh, the Savage Park uh, dash stakes, Dade Park dash stakes with Chesler? Uh, Chisler is his name. He's, uh, he took an absolute brutal, I'm sure you guys were watching, but we took a couple. B.D. Valeski lost one of the worst bobs I've ever seen in yes, my life. Yes, I remember and, that. Oh, that one was sickening. And then Chisler uh, backed it up next day with, it wasn't quite as bad, but it was uh, two very, very tough beats. And he's um, he's a he's a pretty pretty solid horse. He's uh, we we actually got him. We trained for Huli Racing, who sent us a filly that won a stake for us last year named Somebody's Problem, and uh, they sent us some well met nice horses. And uh, it was kind of one of those. He's a marginal stake type horse and he was the race that he lost that bob was a kind of a wide open three-year-old 75 claimer and um came out of it good and there really hasn't been anything great for us we just kind of took a look at this race and i just i think he can win the race it came up pretty favorable for us i thought i don't know if you guys looked at it but uh it would not he he's got some he he came from Woodbine, so he'd been uh he staked placed up on, on the grass at Woodbine and uh would not surprise me if he ran well in that race. Hey Brandon, just so you know, when the night the day we went to Turfway last fall, last winter, remember that we had the fire alarm? Chisler <laughs> ran that day. Chisler was uh correct me if I'm wrong, Travis, is that correct? End of December. I was at the fairgrounds. He did run a couple times at I I can't uh verify if there was a fire alarm or not but he he was second he ran a really good second and then he kind of threw a dud and then we uh kind of had to hit the refresh button on him but uh he's in he's in good form coming off a good race and again i just thought the spot came up uh kind of in our favor alan you're right and that was the time that you pulled the fire alarm i can't (laughs) Well, you, I shouldn't get beat in photos, and don't beat me in a photo, and I'm gonna pull the fire alarm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember it was uh my my coworker's last name is Bromley, and I think Bromley won that race. You are correct. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Paulo Lobo. You, you, I remember you way are, too much of stuff. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I'm excited. You know, I, I still don't like Ellis Park ever since I went there last, and I probably won't be going back anytime soon. Oh, come on. But I definitely will be rooting for your barn, and it'll be awesome. On the, and hopefully, this listen stake with Corey up. I mean, gosh, Corey's got he's done pretty well down there, and um, you know, and anytime Flavian comes around to take one of your all's mounts, please send us a message. <laughs> you you got get, give Alice Park a chance. It's uh, wow. a lot of really good people down there. It's got a it's got a good kind of hometown state fair vibe to it. Exactly. Uh, you just got to know where to go. There's because we spent when they kicked us out of Churchill for the the turf renovations two years ago. We actually spent the summer in Henderson, and I met some really good people down there. And it's a everybody down there is super super nice. And it's a you just kind of need a little direction. I I had the same mentality as you did when I first went, and uh, I met a a guy named. So we stayed in downtown. Have you ever been to downtown Henderson? It's nice. Um, I did for work, but I wasn't, yeah, but I don't remember much about it. So there's this, I mean, it's a small downtown, but it's a, I was in, there was about 10 of us staying in a house and I couldn't take just the home life of being with 10 people. So I matriculated to a little bar down there and I met a guy named Bill Latta who has become a really good friend of mine. And I was griping about how. I'm not going to like anything about Henderson, small town, nothing to do, blah, blah, blah. And he just started laughing at me. He goes, 
and he give me your number and we connected and he showed me two three places and we were somewhere every night down there and we had an absolute blast it's a there's a lot of really good people the track's great just give another chance if you need some uh, recommendations on where to go and that kind of stuff it's a you need a little direction but you'll have a good time yeah i always like a reason to go but i just the facilities and i want Churchill. to can you see any improvements as church to put any money into the facility yet it still needs some work on that front. If I was you, I would hang out in those tents right outside the paddock. That's the place to be. Agreed. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe I'll see you there this summer, but I, I've got a nine-month-old, so I'm going to warn you. I heard that you might have one in the oven. Congratulations. Right. Yeah, you're, you're dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My wife's only halfway home, and I'm pretty much dead, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get ready, man. Car seats are expensive. <laughs> but um, I, I need I need Stitch to get back in Stitch and Bango to get back in the races again. Yeah, have you guys entered that two million dollars at Kentucky Downs in September? My baby was born in September. Maybe I can use that as an excuse to come see the race. Well, that's tentatively our plan. So uh, good. Get to working on the misses. That's exciting. Well, thanks, Travis. Hey, Travis, uh, we shouldn't gloss over what we mentioned a moment ago. Uh, the 1500th win for, for your dad, who's been, again, he has been a legend right here for decades, right? And it was his 1500th win. No better way to do it than in a grade two. Did you guys know he was that close? Did you guys know that was his 1500th win at the time? Or is it something that you found out after the fact? I actually found that out this morning. <laughs> I, was, I did, I did too. I, I don't even know how I, I was just looking at some some stats and whatnot, and um, like I've said a couple times already, you guys have been around. You know how hard it is to win a race, how hard it is to do just about everything involved in this game. And I'll be the first to argue, criticize, fight with my dad, but it's just a huge just kudos to him to be able to, and any anybody that's made a life out of this. I mean, it's a it's a daily grind. It's every day. The hours are ridiculous. It's just for anybody that makes a life out of it, much less to have the success that dad's had is pretty amazing. And, um, yeah, just proud of my dad. Yeah, we congratulate him on that front, too, not just for the money and the prestige of the race, but 1500 is no small feat, right? So congratulations to him. And a couple more quick ones for you. Um, one's horse racing, one's music. Number one, at the peak of their game, they're both. A, you probably know where I'm, where I'm going with this already. At the peak of their game, who wins, Bangor, Wisconsin? They go head to head. And they're both as, as sharp as they could be. We're both at Churchill Downs. Yep. How far are we going? See, I thought about. I figured you asked me that, so I'm going to split the difference. I'm going to say six and a half. Oh man, that's tough. I know. I wasn't gonna, six is Bengals, seven Wisconsin, right? So I'm gonna go in the middle. We actually had this argument today, but it wasn't Bango Wisconsin. It was Bango Champ Ali. Oh, good. I remember Champ Ali. And uh, I'm going to say, oh man, that's brutal. Because Bango gets the jump. That, that's the thing. Is Bango probably gets the pace advantage, right? Uh, well, ask Tyler. Who's Tyler gonna ride? <laughs> this is man that's one of the toughest questions anybody's asked me in a long time i if we'd argued the other way i had my answer i i think bango wins more times than not but i think best race possible i would go Wisconsin. that is one of the most brilliant political answers i think i've ever I, heard i, I thought you were going to say they did heat i mean that's the best answer that, right that would have been a better answer yeah that's a better answer <laughs> But I do like it though. I think, nobody, I, I, nobody wants a dead heat. Yeah. I know, man. I know. <laughs> All right, and then one thing, one thing I want to, I want to part ways with you on this or whatever is you don't even know this, but you influence me musically, and you don't even know this because <laughs> you're a Morgan Wallen fan, right? I am. Yes, you are, and I kind, and I'm a big music fan, and these guys hear me talk about it a lot. I'm 53. Of course, I'm classic country. I like all kinds of 80s, 90s, 70s music, but I, my country generally goes back in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. 
and I knew of Morgan Wallen. I didn't know quite enough about his music, but your horse, somebody's problem who you referred to, it, 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 I figured out that that was the name of one of his songs. And then I actually saw you post about it on social media a couple of times, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, so I'm going to give it a try because I, I have a long drive to work. I'm a fan now. And it's because of you. And you probably don't even realize that uh, because of your horse, because of the fact that you promoted it. And I don't know if these guys like Morgan Wallen. I do. I presume you like him a lot. Uh, what's your favorite song? You can't say somebody's problem. Uh, my wife. I like Morgan Wallen. My wife is absolutely obsessed with Morgan Wallen. Really? I thought he'd be more of a guy's guy, but okay. Um, let's see here. What do we got? Because I've got um, one. I, I tell you mine, but you go ahead. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Living the dream is my okay. favorite Morgan Wallen song. He's got a bunch, but what about and your wife? And this might be kind of a chick song. I don't know. Seven Summers. You know Seven Summers? I do. Very yeah, good. good song. And somebody's problems are close, close up there too. But um, do you guys like Morgan Wallen? CC. Uh, is he Taylor Swift's boyfriend? I don't think so. I tell you what, they both draw about the same amount of concert goers. I can tell uh, you that. He's he, very, very good. Yeah, he's yep. good. He didn't. Yep. He sold up like four nights in a row or something. Yeah, he's one of those guys you can put on his Morgan Wallen essentials, and they're all. He's got thirty or so that are very good, and he's young too. It's pretty impressive what he's put together as quick as quickly as he has. Now, I'm not. A, I'm not at the stage where, in my age, I can even do it if I want. I'm not going to grow a mullet like he does. Not saying that I may not have had one in the past, but he is pretty good. And and actually, yeah, you're somebody's problem. Uh, Travis put me on to him, so thank you. I guess <laughs> oh, you're you're welcome. And again, that horse was uh, oh, she's just like we talked about Bango. The fact that he's been able to sustain it year over year, she's uh, she was freaky as a two year old, and um. Just kind of some issues have sidetracked her a little bit. I don't think she's quite what she was cut out to be, but uh, she's been a really cool horse. And again, they're really, they're really cool people, and they've they've sent us a pipeline of nice horses. So it's a uh, I, in his uh, Andrew Hudson manages their group, and his daughter, I believe, uh, named somebody's problem. It's kind of the backstory there. She's a she was a big Morgan guy, and. Uh, yeah, it's a super cool song and super cool horse and made for a made for a fun fun couple of years. Hopefully a sibling comes out and they name it Seven Summer. Tell her I said that, all right? She's probably on top of it in any way, but <laughs> you got it, guys. All right, Travis, we thank you for being with us. Again, congratulations on a memorable weekend. I'm sure there's more coming up, but uh if anybody deserves to have it, it's uh the, the first family of Kentucky racing, right? You you guys are pretty close to that. Is that fair to say? I'll appreciate it very much. Thank you guys for having me. It was an unbelievable day. And, uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be thinking about it, looking back on it. And, uh, again, using it as daily motivation to shove off at 4 a.m. for the foreseeable future. <laughs> well said. All right, Travis. Thanks a lot, buddy. See you guys. Thanks. And that was Travis Foley representing one of the hottest barns. On the Churchill Downs backside, Greg Foley stable, and they had a they racked up a couple big wins. Some 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 of that Derby City gaming money enhances those purses, uh, the Kelly's Landing and the Wise Dan stakes. That was uh, that was quite surprising to see Stitch cross the wire first, was it not? It was not. But you know, you see, so you've been following this game for a long time, like I have here in the states. Whatever the Foley name goes goes way back, right around here. Oh, he's been training a, a long time. I remember his his uh, grandpa, or excuse me, his father, uh, Dravo Foley. Back, Dravo, yeah. and there's Vicky, and Vicky, uh, there's yeah. a couple other Foley's, but I don't know if they're related to him. Right? Wasn't there a Mark Foley, and there's a there's another Foley. I don't know uh, if that's any relation or not. I don't know if it's any relation or not. There's another Foley, and I can't think of what it is. Robert Foley? The, like, the, I don't know. It could be just, uh, I don't know if it's the same name. We should have asked Travis why he was on here. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the name goes back. It's it's a legendary name, and it's in Sounds like it's gonna be a legendary name uh, going forward for decades to come, right? Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully yeah. it's uh, that would be outstanding because uh, mm -hmm. yeah, they, uh, by all accounts, they're good people. Mm -hmm. We've met them several yep. times; they're wonderful people. 
And when you're good people, the stars align and rewards you every now and then. And that, that, that's exactly right, Brandon. It, it, it keeps you, uh, it keeps you going. You like seeing things, seeing things, things like that happen. So just the story about how the jockey changed and you had Marceline Pedroza on vacation and then Flavian Pratt was like, had his hand out saying, Hey, I'd run, I'd ride the horse. I'll get you 1500 win for you there, Greg. Not yeah. a bad deal. I mean, it's, I've been, I've been Pratt's first mount for the barn ever. So that know? ROI there, that Pratt Foley combination is one to keep in mind. Plus what? 9,000 percent with that 90,000 percent CC with 4,600. <laughs> I can't think. Yeah. Something like that. I'm going to look at it next time. Uh, I was listening to a uh, podcast that featured Andy Byer the other day. Uh, he had a, it gave me an idea, which is something that will never happen. We come up with these ideas all the time on here. Would you play a pick six, like a $2 pick six or a $1 pick six, if it was uh, only available to on-track participation? You had to be at the track and actually fill out a card or, or a machine or through the teller where you just you play at the track, and, and that's the only people that can win. Uh, it comes down to me with, well, I, I gotta be honest with you. It, it's the same way. It would be the exact same way I would feel about every sequence. It all depends on the sequence. I'm not gonna play a pick four just because they're, I'm not gonna play a pick five just because they're, it would have to be somewhere I thought I had an edge or an idea. But I guess from another vantage point, I mean, yeah. I mean, if it's a sequence I like, then yeah. That, so. that, I think that would be so cool if racetracks would look into that now because, uh, uh, the, the computer pools invade everything. They take up all the money. I see the point. I see the if point. You could reward your on-track patrons, not yeah. even the not even the telephone guys. You know your your internet guys. You know the twinspires.com and TVGs and all that. Just so you show you up on track, and and you you're into the pool. And, and you know if there's a big carryover, or, you know even a twenty five thousand dollar carryover, you got a shot if you're if you're on track. I think that would be so. That would maybe provide a little extra buzz. Well, two things. One, are you are you saying there be say you had a pick six? Would you have two separate pick six pools? You'd have one for everybody, and then sure. another one for those on track. Maybe start it with race three. If you got a ten okay. race card, have three through eight, and then have the other pick six five through ten or whatever. I do find it. I do find it intriguing. Number one, uh, would a track would it be in a track's best interest to do that or no? I mean, no. it would not, but it would maybe enhance attendance. I, you know, if you could get like a hundred thousand dollar carryover, and you're going to give that away, I mean, you're going to get a little bit more added buzz. I mean, that that might be, make local news. You could, I kind of like that idea. Yeah. And but, but of course, I'm always of the opinion that you shouldn't play a sequence just because it's there. You should have you should have a reason to play it. But then again, that might provide the reason. Yeah, I mean, uh, anymore you. Those uh, these computer pools, they take all the money. Even if you did hit hit a pick six, you're probably not going to get what you should get because uh, the computer pools are going to have have it seven times and you're, to your yeah. to your one. I like you know. the idea. I, I, that's that's a little outside the box thinking that I like. Yes, I think the track could actually, you know, they keep they keep the handle there. I don't know what the laws are about sharing, and they won't be providing any rebates or kickbacks to the big players for their their action on it it shouldn't and you know if if the on-site wagering machine will allow you to do it and it doesn't cost the company manpower to run it i, I don't see why not and and do it on big days i mean you know there's i think it's oaklawn that gives you that on-track show bonus yeah that's 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 right they they do a little if you're there you cash the ticket on site or if you place the ticket on site, yeah, you get a little extra twenty cents or forty cents on your wager. Really? Yeah, that's nice. I like that. That's that's a good well, idea. Five percent bump, and so it's obviously it can be done. Yeah, hmm. I would I would entertain it, and even if I just ran to the track and placed the bet, I mean, it would hmm. help. Uh, you know, I would possibly do it. I I remember back in the day, I was I remember a, a big carryover. This is like early nineties. At Churchill, and uh, there was a ton of people that day. It got on the news. It may have been two or three hundred thousand, possibly. This is way. This is a long time ago. This is before internet betting, and uh, yeah, it was cool. It was a fun day. It was a buzz in the air. 
And then Pat Day won six races at four to five, and it came back thirty-seven dollars for. Well, for two I was bucks like sixteen years old, or probably or seventeen years old. I know I got four out of six. It was fairly, you know, fairly easy. Somebody with a little more knowledge than me that would have hit it, and I think it paid like five thousand or whatever, that's, you know, per, nice. per winner. So I like the idea. I think I think it's a good idea. That's 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 a little creative thinking there. I like that. All right. Anything else you want to talk about before we go to bed? Yeah. I'm an old man. It's time to go to bed. All right. Well. All right. So we'll 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 put a bow on this one. A really pretty tidy bow. On behalf of our guest Travis Foley, and of course Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers, CC brought us reminding you, in the words of Jerry Romans, "We're not happy unless you're not happy." Good night. <laughs>